0: Hi, Carolyn. Hi. It's Tom Allison.
1: Hi, it's so good to hear from you.
0: (laughs) So nice to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for agreeing
0: to this. Oh my pleasure. I love it.
1: (laughs) Okay, I know you have limited time, so I'm just gonna get right into it.
0: Um, Of course.
1: So my first question is, I in reading your bio, I saw that you fell in love with theater at the age of ten. So I Mm want to know, was it a particular play, or character, or even a song that made you decide that this was what you wanted to do at such a young age?
0: I know it's funny. I actually, uh, my earliest memory is being four years old. And, you know, people ask you, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I wanted to be an actor and, and then, you know, whatever else, a a fireman and something else, something else. And I kept saying actor, but the other things would change. And then when I was 10 years old, my mother, thank God, had the insight to say, listen, you still keep saying that. Do you, do you want to try that? I haven't, I hadn't done any acting, but I said I wanted to be an actor. And so she said, "Uh, should we find you something to, like a class or something? I said, sure. And so she found a class. So it's 10 weeks class for kids on saturdays that was an acting class and i i tried the class and i loved it and i was hooked but it's funny i feel like like so acting kind of chose me i didn't really choose it Mm -hmm. it just kind of happened but i loved theater i loved going to see things i loved live performances and and i just started acting and that was it i was started to do shows and started to take classes and and i was pro studying ever since then
1: right and you grew up in winnipeg so what was it was there any theater company in particular that you that you joined at that age because I know you went to the, theater, the Ryzen Theatre Company
0: but that's when you would have been older was there any sure yeah yeah absolutely um, I started working with yeah a couple of things actually it was, was uh, with Fantasy Theatre for Children uh, which was sort of a, an amateur theatre group that did shows for kids and, and would use a lot of young people in it as well as adults as well but it was a great start for me because I got to do all kinds of wacky characters and play a lot of fun things and then Manitoba Theatre Centre which is sort of uh, was the first major regional theatre and it's one of the, the biggest ones in Canada, uh, in in Winnipeg. They had started when I was sort of in my teens. They started a uh uh, a theater sort of young people's training company um it didn't last for a long long time but i was in the first couple of years of it and it was amazing it was such a great uh starting point because i got to sort of work with really professionals who come through town do shows they come in and do workshops with us and teach us and and Stephen shipper who's the uh, artistic director there um he was sort of new just coming in uh, at that point and he was, a, he was a big supporter of mine and and he was great and 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 taught us and and uh, gave me some opportunities. So Man- Manitoba Theatre Centre and Fantasy Theatre were two of the early ones that were really um, instrumental. I did a lot of work for both. Well, studied with MTC and saw shows at MTC, but then did a lot of shows for Fantasy Theatre, so I got to do shows. At the time, Actors Showcase, which then became what is now uh, Manitoba Theatre for Young People, also had a theatre uh, school that I started working with as well early on. They, I did my first show for them, actually, it was a show called. Oh my God, what's it called? It was called Tale of the Red Dragon. <laughs> ah. I remember it? Yes, and it was this big cast of kids, and it was like you know, this 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 Chinese folklore sort of tale. Uh, but it was uh, pretty sweet, and we, that was my first big show show real show, I guess. And I remember the the name of it. I met my best friend in that company when I was twelve. Um, Yeah. So it also began there. So so those companies, then Actors Showcase, which is now Manatee Theater for Young People, and Fantasy Theater for Children, and then MTC were were the big uh, influences. And everyone was so generous and so helpful and and really wonderful. They really sort of gave me a a love and respect for what the craft is. And so a lot of my early days were spent on stage. My my love of, of the live experience has always stayed with me.
1: Right. So is it that the love of the life experience, as you put it, that keeps bringing you back to stage because you've done um, you have quite a few. Um, TV and some critics to your name.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: you've, a, a, you've been on shows like Murdoch mystery
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also one of my favorites, um, Kim's convenience. Which, um, you have a guest spot on there, which I love. Um, <laughs> I love that show so much.
0: It's so great. Right.
1: I wanted to be more I was Like, Bring me back. Bring me back. I know I can't wait for season three, By the way I was going to ask you later, but you know, since I mentioned it, will you be in season three?
0: Well, at this point, no, I mean, and they there was talk of bringing Therese back, and I was so hoping they would, but I think just wherever the stories have gone, it didn't work out. I'd love to be on it again sometime she's a fun character, but but uh, I guess wherever they went, they went in a different direction but but what's amazing is that like that one cameo is the first episode, but it's gotten such wonderful attention because of what it was, the nature of the exchange between the two of them, mm-hmm. such a one, wonderful dialogue of, you know, people actually being interested as opposed to judging, actually wanting to know who are you and what is your life like? Oh, that it's, he had a huge impact. People, more people have commented on that scene Um I've been about so many other things in my career, even though I've gotten a lot of attention for stuff. But people have been fascinated by that. It's been pretty, kind of wonderful. I, I constantly get people commenting on talking about it and wanting to ask about it and seeing how much they enjoyed it. And it's kind of yeah, it's kind of nice. It's, it's a wonderful moment in in um in um I don't know in in human relations on television.
1: It is because I think what it is what endears that that um that episode in particular, in your scenes with um with Appa in in particular is how both of you are so open to be honest about it. Right. right. And discussing it because like Apple, when he asked you the question, he's he, he's not being antagonistic and he's not being condescending or patronizing. He's
0: exactly. You're supposed to know really what, it's funny. It made me think of a, one of my earliest sort of real, um, what I call it, uh, experiences or awarenesses of being, a different color than someone else was was with with my um at the time my best friend and I was must have been, like, maybe I was young like eight or nine maybe my best friend I was over at his place playing and him and he had a younger sister Rena who was her sweetheart and he went to get a glass of water and we were sort of doing whatever we were doing there and she she looked at me and so innocently and beautifully I remember it so clearly now even she looked at me and said Tom what's it like being you hmm. and I said and I kind of knew what she meant but I said do you mean like my color she said yeah. And I don't know what I said to her. I have no idea. But I just remember how, how I was aware of how open and like actually just curious to know because I don't know what it's like being you. What's it like being you? And she just wanted to actually know that. And I just thought, wow. And it stuck with me to this day because people they kind of make assumptions and they and they throw their opinions or their their fears on you. But this simple beauty of just asking the question what's it like being you and wanting to know the answer would change so many things right now it
1: would um, it amazing yeah and it's funny you mentioned that because i work part-time at a public school and uh-huh. the, yeah and those kids that i work with are jks and sks and last year one of them and it is similar to the question that you were asked is because and the school is like predominantly chinese one of the girls of she asked right. me, she's like, "What are you?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Are you black?" I'm like, "Yes," and and she was like, she so she was like, "Why is your skin different to mine?" I, right. She was asking out of general, of like just general curiosity because like in her home, like everyone is Chinese. The school is like, all the right. are Chinese, and she and like the kids are always fascinated by my not only by my skin color, but also my hair because like I my hair is short up, but it was longer. And right we braids and I would change like the hair color of the braids and like
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's so interesting.
1: They'd be like, <laughs> your hair wasn't like that yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like that's part of my culture and even my accent because I'm from Barbados. Like sometimes my it
0: right.
1: slips in. So like it fascinates them, right? And yeah. And so I think that like you were saying like that's one of the beauties about shows like um um, Kim's Convenience and even Killjoy is where you have people, from <laughs> cultures. Yep. Everyone is
0: like is welcome and and in there in the mix of it, like come on in and play with us. And it's not about them being like Michelle always said in her world, what she loves is that she gets to create the world she wants. Which in her in her in her heart, she creates worlds where it's the world she wants to be. It's not we've gotten over those things already. Right. It's not about sexual orientation or about the color of your skin. Everyone's welcome at the table. Mhm. And and it's marvelous and kids see that and and the thing is kids are kids aren't born racist no. you know we make them racist they they're, they're innocently going I know that you're different but I'm curious because that's kind of cool I want to put stuff like that in my hair like I want to be like my friend who's this different color it's not about uh, you know that you're different and that's weird and scary or bad it's just that like you're different and that's interesting exactly. like if we could keep them to if we could teach them to keep that wonderful curiosity oh my god like everything would be so different.
1: Right. And I think that's also one of the beautiful things about acting um, to just kind of like to go back to theater. Of course. Because it, it, in, in, I'm not an actor, but um, as someone who enjoys like theater and film and television, like I think one of the beautiful things about TV and acting and working in theater is like, especially if you get children as a, at a young age like you were involved in theater, it teaches them to appreciate differences in people because you have to learn how to appreciate the characters. Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it opens people's hearts. I mean, you know, that's what that art can do. And certainly theater and, 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 and you know, acting arts, you know, to specifically the TV film stage. Like it just, when you see it, when you go to see it or when you're in it, you have to deal, deal with different people, different different ways of thinking, different ethnicities, different shapes and sizes. And, and it makes you, I, I, it's funny, I'm not, I don't love the word tolerant because I feel like it makes us feel like we have to put up with someone. Mm. I I think it's just, just, just inclusive. It's just that everyone's included. Everyone's welcome at the table. It's about making everyone feel welcome. That's more what it is. You know, that we welcome everyone. don't tolerate them. We welcome them. We welcome their differences. We celebrate the differences. And, and so we really get to do that. And and what's been great that in my career, I sort of hit, 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 hit the world and sort of Toronto and the scene at the right time where, um, Diversity was happening, and 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 so I have I've gotten to play all kinds of roles that normally would be you know a white person playing it, and a lot of those doors opened for me. It was really great. For whatever reason, I, I was fortunate enough to get to to sort of burst those doors open and play roles that normally weren't played by people of color, and so that's been really wonderful too. That people just went, you're just you're the guy for this part and we're going to cast you. And I was like, great, cool. Awesome.
1: Exactly. And you mentioned Michelle. So we're going to talk a little bit now about killjoys because mm-hmm. um, one of the great things about killjoys is, and I guess in sci-fi, um, the sci-fi genre in general is like a lot of things that, uh, that we still have to tackle with now in <sighs> 2018, such as sexual orientation and race um, they're kind of done away with in, in sci-fi and in Killjoys, Because done a fantastic job of like eradicating. K-Joy. Oh,
0: it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. And Jason, Jason Knight, our casting director has, who's actually an old friend of mine too. He, he's amazing. And he got their directive and he was happy to go with it, which is like, he is he cast so beautifully. Like we'd bring in for them to look at and, and he, he really has an eye on who's out there in our, in our business right now. And, and the, our business is so multicultural multicolored right now it's amazing, and he brought everyone in and then we had that wonderful episode with the hack mods where we've been all actors with yeah. with physical physical um uh differences you know that that were amazing and it was so exciting and to have that in but Michelle really wanted that she wanted to have everyone in the world playing around playing parts and being interesting things and and letting the audience see that that it, it didn't matter like it, it it's all wonderful it's a wonderful thing to mix it all up it's been great
1: exactly and um and that's why i think your character pre is i think he's i think that's why he's a favorite for a lot of people is because he's like a combination of all of those and <laughs> and that's, it's true because he's he's a man of color he's black um he he's gay but he also he also doesn't fit a stereotype for either of those of all, either of those characteristics right there. and so right. like a wonderful amalgamation of of everything we would want society to be but he's also not like a complete pushover right so
0: right. it's been fun it's been fun cuz he, he he kept surprising me and everyone and that that he got to be everything all the time like whenever something happened he was like johnny says at one point in, in an episode he says that man is a cave of wonders. And it's kind of, that's what it's been like to play him is like he's a warlord and he's a lover and he's a fighter and he's a, he's a, you know, a, uh a, a, a fabulous diva. He's, you know, he's wears the makeup, but he's in leather and he's, he's ass kicky and he's supportive and he's mama and he's Papa. Like he's sort of everything. It's been great. There's been, and what's good is that no matter what they write, um, because he's sort of all encompassing. It, it, I, I, it's easy to pull him off because we created this character that had no boundaries.
1: Exactly, right.
0: So it's been gold. Go ahead, sorry. No, it's been gold.
1: It is. Um. So one of the things uh, about Pre that I relate to a lot is his humor, and I tell people this, but people, and it's true. Like I'm, I have a very sarcastic humor and yes. he delivers some of the best one-liners like one of, the, <laughs> one of my favorites for the whole series is when he says I don't have on my diet underwear yet and I'm, I die every time <laughs> 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 right? and, uh, yes. and so like I, I always I wonder so like when you when you have a character like this and you're developing the character especially as you go along from season one to the end mm-hmm. how much of Pre is what is written on the page by the writers, and how much of it is the, is you as um as Tom acting with character.
0: Well, it's funny. They, our writers are so great. A lot of what he says, I didn't change or affect or do anything to. Um, what happened was as we would go along, they'd give me lines to read, and I'd, I'd I'd do them, and then I could feel them. They started to write lines that fit me more. That they could feel that I'd pull off in my with my style you know what I mean so yeah. they sort of wrote with how it feels like I'd say it because they started to hear how I'd say it and I could feel them go oh I see what you mean right and the odd line here and there I go can I just make tweak this little word here or there and I always had leeway with the um the um terms of endearment the, they usually for the first like three seasons or so they just write honey yeah. honey this honey that and because they knew I'd go "sweetheart," "sweet cheeks," "pumpkin." noodle i'd I'd always throw in my own thing at the beginning or or the end so that became and then but then they start to write and start to know my stuff Mm -hmm. so it's fun a lot of the ones in season four and five they actually wrote because they started to know what the canon was and what would sit on me so it was kind of fun to see them take on what I was throwing in, okay. but, but for most of the, the, the stuff, there wasn't even no need for an outlet. The odd one here and there, you know, would be something I might throw in, um, or a flavor of it, but they got really good at writing how it felt.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the biggest developments I would say in the show, especially in the last two seasons has been the relationship between pre and
0: Gare and oh, um, Gare Bear. Gare Bear. Is Gare I love them. They're, Gare <laughs> they're so they're pretty cute. Even when I watch it, I go, Oh my god, those guys are cute. All oh, right, that's me. <laughs> and
1: they're so unexpected in the fact that like for for Pre, we know like as you said, he's flamboyant and he's a diva, but he's also he also has these very serious moments and he's mm-hmm. And he's very sharp and he will take, like, he, like, cut people down to size, as we would say. Right. Heartbeat. But, um, but Garrett, like, he almost, he has this, uh, this naivete about him. even though yes. like, You know he's a killer. But then you look at him, he's like, oh, you're so cute. You just want to pinch his cheeks, right? Right? I think, I think Gavin does a fantastic job of kind of, balancing, oh. like, the lethality of Garrett and, like, that naivete. Na- naivete. Yes, Garrett, totally.
0: Right? He's great.
1: Um but I wanna s wanted to ask you like what has it been like developing this relationship for the last two seasons and seeing the reaction from fans because like everyone loves um pre and Garrett and Garrett.
0: You know, it's been it's been such an unexpected pleasure. One because Gavin really is the nicest guy. Like someone who looks like that, you'd think he'd be an asshole, let's face it, right? Mm-hmm. And so and yet he came on that one episode like that one episode he was on in season two where he got beaten he got the shit kicked out of him and then he, and I stabbed him in the hand and walked away at my bar. Um, <laughs> it, you know, as as any good relationship should start. Um, and so, and Michelle saw something and we had this chemistry and, and back he came all this in season three. She's like, I have this idea. It's kind of crazy, but I'm going to bring him back as your man. And we I just started laughing. But he's the loveliest guy and we got along really well. Like we didn't have to fake a relationship, which was great. We, we totally clicked. Um, and it was so fun because Gavin was game for everything. Like he was so comfortable with whatever we had to do, whatever he wanted to write for us. We had all these kissing scenes. He'd be totally game for it. We'd be like, you're good, you're good, great. But we would trust each other. So we could just kind of, we could be physical. We could touch, we could kiss, we could, we could run around, we could, you know, uh, escape from places. And because we trust each other, we could just kind of do anything. We never had to worry about, is everything okay? And then the more we did, the more they'd write for us because they loved us together. And they're so different. And that's why they also made it work was that Garrett's such a sweet, big puppy dog or became someone with his anger management courses after okay. his initial scene. <laughs> 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 and, and uh, they're right? And Pri is such a, such a um a a creature, such a such a smart, savvy creature, and complicated, but yet it makes complete sense because Gavin, uh, Garrett is is everything that Pre could use. He's uncomplicated and sweet and loving, but really strong. And, you know, like has his own thing going on, but he's a balance for the stuff that pre doesn't necessarily keep around him. So, and it just, the rest of it's just, I think just chemistry, just, just a, a, a luck of a draw. Like that could have gone anyway. And it happened to go that way. We were both so delighted, but surprised, I guess. We didn't think of it other than just, Oh, this is fun. It's fun to work together. But the response of the fans has been overwhelming like it's been amazing it's been so clear to us that that this coupling has become one of the favorite things of the entire series Mm -hmm. um or certainly in the last in the last two two seasons uh or three seasons but it's kind of wonderful I mean it's it's been so fun to play it's nice to feel like what we felt together when we were just hanging around and, and having a good time and laughing has translated into something really beautiful and what's great is we get the messages about people how much it means to them to see a gay relationship uh, uh that is actually so easy and fun and loving and accepted and, and there's no wee big thing people like even in the show people love the two of them together they're really happy for them it's not like there's some big dramatic thing where someone's gonna you know the gay guy's gotta die when he's in love like you know it doesn't take some tragic like the gay tragic character which always needs to be the, the trope yeah. it's just wonderful like like they so far they have lived they have, have prospered they've had a complication, but it's like, it's so solid there's no need to destroy them to to make it extra meaningful and it's been um, it's been awesome it's been really great
1: right um i just love how they've been just so how so easily accepted and i just love how um it, it, it was such a seamless development in the show. It wasn't like this here. This is happening. It just,
0: right, waving like, the flag. Look yeah, at I us. Know. We're gay and successful. It's like no, they're just actually people. They're, they're two people. They're a couple who have had a relationship that have, happens to be really beautiful and loving and sweet.
1: Right. And um, and the thing is about Pre. And I think I, I I'm wondering if the, one of the things that attracted Pre to Gab, um to Garrett is the fact that Pre was a warlord in his not-so-previous life. Um, right. And we kind of, and throughout the, sh- um, throughout the show, we've seen glimpses of who he used to be, of how ruthless he could be. And right. And this season, um, we got... But in season four, we got like, a, we, I think we got more of it because um, the, the children were kidnapped. And then Gavin, uh, I her, um, Garrett.
0: I know, it's, hard, cause it's so sorry. The sound is so close. That's hard. I know it's the same thing. We do that all the time, too, on the set. But Gavin, Garrett, uh, you, come over here. You, big guy, come over here.
1: You're
0: big guy, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
1: Uh, yeah, um, and then Garrett was captured. So then we got to see pre- Easing back into
0: oh, I love that episode. That was so much fun.
1: I I love it, and um, and the thing is, I think what made what made that episode so good is because we got to see we got more of Priest's past without exposition. We just got him act.
0: Who he yeah, be. yeah we, see, we see him in action, but there's a wonderful blend of like, this delicate taking off the earrings and then to beat the shit out of these guys. Like, it's so, it's funny that he gets to be, again, If like you say, there's not one stereotype. It's like, yes, he's flamboyant and, and he has a feminine side, but even his feminine side is a powerful she-warrior, mm-hmm. you know? And then he's got this dude in there, too, who can kick ass and do things. And, like, it's just so... Fun And so I get what you mean, like getting to see him, but not like, oh, and then I did this thing where I was a warlord. It's like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. You know, and the episode before that where he's like, he we get that the bum off the street and, and, I'm, and we're interrogating him and fancy on our rampage. Mm-hmm. Like that was so much fun to get to see that. I love the fans. Going, oh, my God. He's gonna kick ass. that was that. that's hilarious and it's fun to see that character that you, you get glimpses of he's not always in the middle of it but when he steps in to do something it's nice that they've let him really be um a bit of a you get to see the beast in him
1: right and i, I think having him pair peer, peer with fancy was actually a was actually a really good way to do it because fancy as as he likes to call himself the asshole of the of the
0: show right
1: um i think it kind of helped to like Buy into who that in, buy into that because we've seen um pre be more not not softer but we we got to see the the more elegant and the more um side of him and i think having fancy they're kind of like solidified like the he can get along with someone who does who shoots first and asks questions later
0: right yeah
1: right and
0: yeah
1: and and so um so we're gonna wrap up soon so I'm coming off of that so at the end of season 4 everyone Mm -hmm. has lost their memory and we've seen some of the characters I don't think we got to see everyone I'm trying to remember
0: no we didn't no Right.
1: we got to see because we got to see like they're living an alternate life now right Um, Johnny and Dutch have a kid, have a kid, and like no one remembers who they were in a past life. But right. And they're since living alternate alternate lives, and as much as you can tell me without giving spoilers, will we, will the fact, the the pre that we'll be seeing, will that be old pre, as in Warlord pre, or like a mixed, or alternate like <laughs> version of
0: present? Right. Um. I will say this literally the whole, like everyone of the writers the producers the producers in in America the sci-fi producers everyone like they were sending notes to the team that actually the director I came on set one day with like all the crew there and everything he stopped everything and said I have to tell you Tom. he said we've gotten a message from the producers in in sci-fi they are so mentally crazily excited about what they've been seeing about our version of pre in this new universe, nice. they literally, he, he said, I have never seen the producers send a note to the team saying, we are shitting ourselves. We are so excited for people to see pre this season. Nice. That's all I'm saying. And, and it was pretty, even when I, when I saw how we put it all together, we were all crazy excited. The team was like, the producers were like, Oh my God, that is so awesome. And there we saw sort the of brushes. Everyone's really like, one of the things everyone keeps saying they're most excited about is for the fans to see pre Ooh. in season five. I can't wait. That's all I'll say. It's, it's a, it's, it's it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of everything together, but in a way you would never have thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then with, with added flourishes, that's all.
1: Oh, I'm ex- I'm excited. Like I, um, I'm going to get a chance to speak, um, to Trisha later. And, great. And I love her costuming for oh. So, like, since you're seeing that he's something that we haven't seen before, I'm really excited to see what she does.
0: With it's great. Her, what, she, what she's done, her and the team, the, the makeup and, and the team and everything, like, what they've created for pre is so spectacular. It's been amazing. It's been thrilling. And it's like, it's it's a pre you have never quite seen before. Ah.
1: I'm excited.
0: It's pretty great. We're all pretty excited about it.
1: Right. Okay. And so for my last question for you mm-hmm. is now that Killjoys has officially and unfortunately wrapped filming, mm. free, what is next in life for you personally, apart from a really long vacation?
0: <laughs> I know, right? Well, I wish. Unfortunately, no. I, I have a bit of a break, uh, but then I, I'm, uh, I'm directing um, uh, Mary Poppins for Young People's mm-hmm. Theatre. This year, yeah. So that that uh, we start rehearsals on October fifteenth. Uh, but I'll be in in London first doing a, a Comic Con for for Killjoys, uh, the twelfth to the fourteenth of October, in uh, Heathrow, and then I come back immediately and I go into rehearsals for for mary poppins that opens november 8th and runs till january 5th but then once that opens i go and i do uh, a few weeks of concerts uh, this is a concert show of uh, andrew lord weber music around ontario and then i'm doing a workshop for a show for this show in december like it's just it, it sort of goes on and on it's a lot of really fun fun things
1: okay that's yeah I, that's great um thank you so much for speaking to me tom i really enjoy this
0: and, oh my pleasure
1: um i can't wait to see what you do next and i can't wait for season five and see what you do with free
0: um, oh my god
1: yeah i'm so excited but thank you so much again for, for speaking with me
0: my absolute pleasure thank you so much
1: thanks and also oh, recording now but i don't know if you remember me but i actually met you with sean at the party the blue Eyes party <laughs>
0: I was gonna say because some reason your voice was familiar, but yeah, it is you. I totally remember meeting you. Yes, of course. Hi. I was like, is that her? I, 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 it was so recent. I voices are familiar to me. They sort of sit in my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad my voice stuck out. <laughs> oh, it totally does. That's great. Well, how wonderful to to meet you again on the phone. <laughs> hey, um, so I know you have to go
1: because um, Cynthia told me how I- 30 minutes so um again thank you so much for speaking with me and i hope i get to interview again maybe for for another project that
0: oh you get it you got it anytime you just let me know
1: i will thank you so much